Welcome. Your presence is greatly appreciated. You're listening to Logical Humanism, What Are You? podcast by Sebastian Live. In this podcast, my message is very clear. It is time for us to realize what we are as opposed to who we are. I discuss the nature of what we are and the thinking and life of who we are not. Yes, you are not this person who you think you are with its name, identity, culture and conditioning. We discuss human life, trauma, love, relationships and above all we discuss how we, you and I can realize our own presence against the movement of life of this person. Please follow the show if you'd like to listen to more episodes and leave a rating and comment if you'd like to. Thank you and enjoy your episode. When one looks at these big thick clouds, perhaps by a waterfall or at night in a backdrop of moonlight, one sees them move, the marvel of these structures, what beauty, merging with each other, spreading out, dancing. One thinks, realizes and agrees that all of this is how it looks because of my mind and how it perceives it. In 21st century, this perhaps is basic science nothing special, how an image, a movie, all these marvelous clouds are happening inside of my brain, which is part of my body in unity. Then one looks around and sees other things, people, stars, the moon or the sun. You must also then agree that all of these objects exist in your mind. They are imprinted in your mind. Without your mind, you won't be able to view these images and videos of the world. All what you see. So for you, they won't exist. Nothing will exist. If the mind or the senses are not here, there will be no existence for you. If this is the case for one person or a being, then this must be true for all life, everything that can view things. So, that means if everyone, and by that I mean everyone and every being, had their eyes removed, there would be no seeing, hence nothing to see no concept of anything to do with seeing. A creature which doesn't have eyes would have no concept of space and time. Perhaps space, let's stick to space here. And hence, things and objects. If we remove all senses to explore the nature of reality objectively, our old senses, five senses and the brain which coordinates them. There won't be anything to smell, touch, feel, taste, to see because we don't have the senses to 
perhaps experience that. So if there were no eyes or no other senses and perhaps a brain to support it, then what? Nothing. Imagine if nobody had any eyes and, and a brain. Nobody will believe anything exists. But that's not what we are establishing here. The fact is that a lot of us creatures have eyes and we can see. And that has bigger implications for all of us. Let's now finally give the eyes back to this creature. In our example, it was a human. This creature then opens its eyes and voila. We see something. Other creatures agree. There is a world out there. So it must be out there. We define it, name it, comes into existence in our brains. So this means, this means we actually don't see the world, we don't view it, we create it. We make all of it in our minds and project it out into existence. We are the one who creates the sun, the stars, the people, the objects. We are everything you see and everything there is. The universe is in you and you are it. The idea that we are viewing an objective, objective reality is rooted in Cartesian materialistic thought, which is an age-old concept. We collectively produce all we experience in this universe. You are the single source of all experience that you experience. It all originates with you, in you, around you. You don't view it, you create it. It's always been that way. Our brains have just been told and convinced otherwise via conventional education and society. For one to realize this, one has to first realize what they are. This doesn't mean unpacking their burden in life. This doesn't mean going through their traumas and experiences. This simply means getting out of the brain and feeling your presence, your life, yourself without the data-loaded bodies and calorie-loaded, data-loaded minds and calorie-loaded bodies. It is the understanding of what you are beyond the who you think you are, the person, the name you have associated with, the identity, the culture, the religion, uh, all of that. You have to understand what you are before all of that personality was built. This realization, not intellectually, not when you only understand it, but when you feel it, when you experience your presence against the movement of thought and the brain agrees with it, is called it awakening or what humans will call enlightenment or samadhi or nirvana, perhaps an, um, an awakening state where your existence sits outside of the thinking uh, phenomena of the brain. If life was a book, we humans, it seems like we are currently reading reviews of it from other people. 
we try to live lives based on how other people have lived lives and we have read about it it's been brought down through generations through culture through history through science through education through family perhaps it's time for us to read the first chapter of realizing what we are who we are or perhaps who we are not and what we are behind that of awakening to your true self that is perhaps your purpose because after that the book of life writes itself from the knowledge the newly found knowledge of this awakening state from nature itself the brain looks inwards not from recycled data from brain's memories and experience and other people's experience but from the truth itself you your presence your life force once the brain sees this and recognizes it it starts creating new neural pathways and life flows with the rhythm of nature new memories new ideas new thoughts uh, interrupting the pattern of previous thought history some people will call it karma but it's simply a connection of millions and trillions of events which lead to your situation your current situation and to break that pattern we have to realize our presence against that movement of this pattern science tells us that we have cells in our bodies we all know what cells are those little tiny things we can see with a microscope these things which assemble themselves in a colony and then also duplicate and grow but now science has gone deeper we know that these cells are merely molecules floating in water and if we keep going we find atoms then subatomic particles and then so on until we reach an area which is termed as the quantum form where energy is coming in and out of existence that vibration of sorts all of our bodies and other forms originate from that energy which the brain then translates into matter if we start our journey there and make our way up we see small particles assemble in small colonies automatically without any friction or rules it's a bit like how all indian restaurants end up on a certain street in in a city without a plan we also see a, a little randomness in every species down from a up from a subatomic level to a cellular level this randomness or communication with outside the colony creates opportunity and duplication mutation of that colony an example of the indian restaurants the randomness will mean there are also other places which pop up and bring in more diverse and 
crowd and opportunities. Hence, the colony itself flourishes and becomes bigger, a neighborhood. Take Brick Lane in London, for example. Used to be a street with only curry houses 20 years ago. Now it's flourishing with all kinds of media, art, culture, life, food. This randomness leads to change and has led to evolution. Evolution and how life evolved from pure energy of quantum form. As we move up the cellular level, we see a self-organizing structure at every level with a bit of randomness which lets it communicate and evolve into a bigger being and eventually human beings. And if we keep going up, if we don't stop at human beings, we see this structure at every level, the solar system, perhaps even before that, cities, countries, um, the solar system, galaxies, and so on. Every structure from the atomic form up to the galactic, the biggest galactic um, structure, when observed at a certain point, has its own um, colony, has its own self-aware structure with a bit of randomness. This self-assembly of colonies at every observation level, from, da from the atomic form up to the galactic level, with a bit of a randomness, is the way, perhaps, science describes the universe. Everything is part of a movement, part of a story at their own level. At the level of observation, we experience the cumulative impact of randomness uh, coming into being. From far, for example, you're a human, but if we get close enough to you, you're bacteria. And if we keep on going, you are pure energy which has reorganized itself into a human. The same energy which makes the base of what we call matter or earth. Humans are earth, reorganizing itself as humans with a bit of randomness which gives us life and movement, hence space and time. Hence, what we call human life, memories and thoughts. Understanding this means that you realize or realizing that you're not dis a disconnected thing. You're not an isolated being. You are connected to everything which is happening in the universe. It's common sense after all, you are the universe, you are part of it. You don't live in it or on it, you are it, a reflection of it. By understanding yourself and your true nature and what you are made of, you can understand the very meaning of life, love, nature, universe, or whatever it is. When you realize that you are part of a self-organizing colony itself with a bit of randomness which produces life, you become life itself. You don't fight the randomness and the flow of life. You just observe it. You become one with it. You understand that the activity of the brain is rooted in the past and there's a certain story to this at our level of existence.
you liberate yourself from the thinking brain. You become pure observation. And then there remains no difference between living and life.